0: Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefan Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. So here's my very important question of the day for you, Samantha yes. Have you played Super Mario or any video game with Princess Peach?
1: Do <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I think of every time. But of course, I have uh, surprisingly maybe it's not enough. Course because I don't play a lot of video games. But those were some of the ones that I did play. I really loved Super Mario three. That was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, the Giant Land was my favorite land. by the Oh way. yeah, everything being giant was fun. Um, mm-hmm. And then also, of course, I played uh, Super Mario Kart, and I've had I've played yes. that a few times. You and I've played. I'm very bad at it,
0: but oh, I, I love tried it. My darnness. I'm you so do, bad. and yet you comment on
1: it, and you move <laughs> your body. I as do. do. <laughs> this is. I am absolutely that person that jumps with mm-hmm. my uh, controller at all times. Yeah. My uh-huh. fingers hurt because I'm pressing it so hard all the time. <laughs> no matter, like, ridiculously over the top hard. As mm-hmm. well as the fact that I make sure you guys know every mistake I've made on the game, whether oh, it's yeah. me falling off somewhere, whether I've been hit by something, whether I hit mm-hmm. a wall. I yeah, definitely let peel. you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: it's better that way, right? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> did you have any
1: thoughts about Princess Peach? Um, I, I, I like her fine. Typically, uh, I always see the Toadstool guy. Because so, yeah. I've never actually saved the Princess Peach, I don't think, on oh, my right. own. Mm-hmm. My brother always did or someone, whoever I play with. But mm-hmm. I always got to the guy I'd be like, oh, no, she's not here. Yeah. It really made me mad. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's a great trope though. You just fail over and over. I think Mm. so.
1: I mean, it's very annoying. Mm. But yes. (laughs) Yes. um, I do like it when the the king, doesn't he transform from something to himself? Like, because you get the wand and you touch him and he's no longer a frog or something and he turns back into a king and then tells you where Princess Peach is. You know, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I think that's from the original Super Mario.
0: So, okay, I played that a long, like, when I was four or five, I think. I was young. I was very young. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Most of my Mario experience has been, I did love the Super Mario RPG. I think that was the one with Mallow. (laughs) That one I loved. Um, And Mario Kart, Mario Party, like, all those sort of, friend games that you played with a bunch of people. I loved those. But I actually haven't played, like, um, Super Mario 2 or 3 or Paper Mario or anything like that. Um, one of my very first uh, video game memories is playing that that first game. But, like, I all I really remember was the controls were sort of difficult to manage. <laughs> I just, that's really what I remember about it. Um, Mario Kart has been a constant throughout my life. Super Nintendo, N64, we, and now uh, with this newfangled thing, Switch. Ah, I thought of it. Um, Me and my brother, (laughs) we used to do um, battle, and we would, we were really, really competitive with each other, and we would give each other five minutes set up traps on like those big block forts. I would choose blue and he would choose red, and we'd have five minutes and you'd set up all these traps, and then you had to venture over to the other person's block fort and see how long you could survive. And, I mean, it was just banana like lines of banana peels and green shells shooting everywhere. And I had a, another one of my friends, um, she would play with us, and she was the opposite of competitive, so she would just let herself be killed. And then go, when you die in that game, you would turn into a bomb. And you would, she would go around and destroy our traps. Uh, good times. Good times. Nice. hmm I actually gave this friend a, uh, a Princess Leia, Princess Peach mashup shirt where she has these, like, big blasters and it says something like, I don't need no rescuer. Get out of my castle. Uh, I'll have to ask her if she still has that shirt. Hmm. Good shirt. yeah and when it comes to princess peach i actually really prefer daisy uh who is from what i understand i'm not a relation i always thought they were related uh but she's got a yellow dress instead of a pink one brown hair and i think i liked her because of the brown hair and maybe some internalized misogyny around pink uh because peach is blonde and wears pink in case you don't know (laughs) by the way um and then when I was uh, in middle school, it was sort of a badge of honor to if you had the, the N64 joystick blister on your palm from playing Mario Party so much. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I had the blister. Oh, did I. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't even know what you're talking about. Really? mm Oh, wow.
0: Well, it's just like the joystick on the N64, they had this game where you had to like spin it in circles really quickly. And I think you, you were supposed to do it with your thumb, but oh. it was much more effective to use your palm, which I'm sure they didn't intend for at all, but that's what yeah. everyone
1: did. How old were you? You were in middle school? So I think I was in high school. Yeah, I definitely was not playing video games at that point. Mm, so this mm-hmm. is why I'm like, what? What is this? What? Uh, I kind of aged out before that point mm, mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Um,
0: I, right now, I'm in the midst of a lot of Mario Kart trash-talking with fellow podcaster Noel, friend of ours. He's, he's talking a big game, uh, but so am
1: I, but... <laughs> I don't know. I, could, I would be interested to see you two play just because I know how well you do. It is kind of funny because you don't know how well you do. You're like, oh, yeah, I did pretty well. At the end, I'm like, what? <laughs> what just happened? I think it's because I'm randomly really bad. I don't know. I have
0: days where I'm just off, and I get like between 8 and 12 every time. Um, so I don't know I think Noel will beat me but I, I, he's talking a big game we'll see it's getting built up a lot of coworkers know about it I'm starting to get I'm starting to feel the pressure you know what I mean oh
1: well yeah. I would like to join just because I know that I will be in the last but being yeah. in last means I get the better prizes when you hit those oh that is boxes. true so that's that way true. I can get y'all uh-huh. that's my joy <laughs> that is so accurate. That is such a good like depiction of what you are. <laughs> I love it. Well, like, I know I'm going to lose, but I'm going to go ahead and take everybody else out that I can. <laughs> and I'm going to get so much joy out of it. Yep. Yep.
0: To <laughs> me. Um, yeah, so this one has been on my mind for a while because, yeah, we're, today we're talking about Princess Peach and the history of Princess Peach and sort of what her character says about uh, some tropes common tropes around women. Um, I actually pitched this when I first started this show uh, and it's only just now coming to fruition. Um, and the article I based it on is unfortunately behind a, uh, I based the original idea on, it's unfortunately behind paywall now, so I couldn't even reread it. Um, but we will be talking about it and what I remember of it uh, a little bit later on. Um. <laughs> And it's also been on my mind because we just did an episode on Peaches on Savor, which, by the way, your dog is the first thing that comes to my mind now. As it should. As, it should. as it should. And also, uh, a lot of Super, not a lot, Super Mario games have been coming out lately. So,
1: I mean, Super Mario is kind of going back on top, especially in our quarantine. I mean, things like uh, uh, Mario Kart is fantastic to play with as many p- people as possible. Yeah. It's fun to watch.
0: Oh, Yeah. It's, it's definitely been one of my big go-tos for virtual hangouts and gaming. So, let's talk about Princess Peach, or as she's often called Peach, or prior to the N64 release,
1: Princess Toadstool. Okay, now you say that, that's what I think is familiar. I think this is why I was so confused when you were like, I want to do this. I'm like, who? Who are you talking about? But the oh. minute you say Princess Toadstool, I know exactly who you're talking about. That's fascinating.
0: I'm that old. You're oh, welcome. wow. That's amazing. No, because I, I was t- saying to Samantha before we started, I was so surprised she didn't really know what I was talking about.
1: I thought, mm, like, surely yeah. she's ubiquitous. No, as, as you say Princess Toadstool, that's what I know. Because oh. all of the Mario games that I'm talking about outside of yeah. the Mario Kart is prior to N64.
0: Oh, that makes so much sense. That's so interesting.
1: Click, click, click. We got this. We
0: do. We do. All right. Okay. Um, So Princess (laughs) Toadstool or Princess Peach, whichever you prefer, is a sometimes playable character in the Mario franchise. For some context, the Mario franchise is what they call a big deal. It mostly consists of video games published by... Nintendo, and there are about 300 gaming titles. And combined, they have sold over 500 million copies. (laughs) This is more than any other video game franchise. And the franchise outside of those games also includes books, comics, manga, anime, and animated series, and of course, of course, the highly ridiculed feature film, which I... I've never seen and now desperately want to. Oh my That's right up my alley. Like those kind of just
1: really bad.
0: Just oh, it really was bad. bad movies. It, is was it
1: bad. I mean, I didn't watch it. I think it was on or it wasn't on, but maybe all the previews and it was just so ridiculous. Everybody kind of just sat there and stared. I feel like the
0: every screenshot I've seen from it gives me a pretty good sense of how bad it is. <laughs> it looks bad, but I definitely want to see it. Um, there's also going to be an upcoming, but very much postponed, obviously, a theme park. section of a theme park based on Nintendo Mario. Um, many critics and fans call it the best video game franchise of all time. And Mario is widely regarded as the most recognized gaming character ever. At one point, a survey found more American children recognized Mario than Mickey Mouse. Wow. Yeah. Uh, March 10th is National Mario Day because March 1 0 looks like Mario. Oh, okay. <laughs> you do not seem impressed, but I <laughs> thought it was cool. Uh, and the character was featured at the 2016 Summer Olympics closing ceremony when uh, Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe rose up from a warp pipe dressed as Mario. He was also featured in the postponed 2020. Uh, Tokyo Olympics, and their advertising.
1: That's fantastic. That's a genius idea. Um, <laughs> so these games were hugely influential, and their influence and legacies can still be seen to this day in games, TV, books, and movies. Take this quote from Hideo Kojima. Quote, Super Mario is equivalent to the Big Bang of our gaming universe. If it were not for this blindingly spectacular creation, digital entertainment as we know it today would not exist. Those are some big words. Um, Nintendo owns the rights to two, yes, two porno movies called Super Horneo Brothers 1 and 2. So have you watched
0: this one, Samantha, I don't know if you know this about me, but I have literally never watched porn. I feel like this is the one. Oh, you know, I agree with you there. I think this Um, is the one. (laughs) And I I just want to clarify, by no means are those the only movies, porno movies around this. Right. They're the only two that, that Nintendo, Nintendo
1: owns. <laughs> Which is hilarious. And the fact that they own two because they wanted it, the sequel. Yeah, they wanted the sequel. So the <laughs> first one must have been pretty good. So good. It's yeah. just the title. Horneo. I,
0: I I gotta there's a part of me that's gotta just be impressed with that. I, I'm still saying
1: that this is the one.
0: <sighs> Golly. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, I think you're correct that if I ever do break the porno seal, I should do it with something like this. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. <laughs> it could be really, I'm really saying. bad. I'm just saying. I mean, Nintendo uh, owns it. Come on. That's true. If it's owned by Nintendo, it must be good. Uh, okay, away from porn. Away from porn. The titular character Mario is a fictional Italian-American plumber <laughs> who also happens to be the Mushroom Kingdom's hero. And yes, the Mushroom Kingdom is the world that these games take place in. And who rules the Mushroom Kingdom? Princess Peach, our toadstool. Her subjects are toads, are are these humanoid mushrooms. Most of these games follow Mario with an assortment of companions like Luigi, Yoshi, and Toad going through pipes, eating mushrooms, and fighting goons like Bowser, who is the big bad, usually to save the kingdom and often Princess Peach, who frequently serves as the love interest and almost always, almost always, the damsel in distress. The plot is often pretty much that. It's just Bowser kidnaps Princess Peach and Mario has to save her and her kingdom. This has been used so much, this plot, in these games, that even Peach commented on it in Paper Mario, the Thousand-Year Door. I can't believe I got kidnapped again. <laughs> and a lot of you have probably heard the phrase, your princess is not in this castle, um, which we're going to talk about more, more later. It's also frequently compared to, because I looked up if, what does this mean uh, in sort of like urban dictionary terms. And it's, uh, these aren't the droids you're looking for often comes up with it too. <laughs> so Star Wars reference, yes. Oh. Um She's often held in a cage, dangling over lava during these times of capture.
1: I don't remember this. I'm trying to think of this in my old school, old school. Mm -hmm. Again, I didn't win often, so maybe that's why. (laughs) Um, So, Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid, another popular video game that I'm not aware of, uh, Mm -hmm. references this, saying that Mario should be smart enough to tell Peach, or Toadstool, to stop getting herself kidnapped. Come on. After a female character said it was romantic, Peach always had someone to rescue her. Yay. So
0: romantic.
1: (laughs) Well, we could say that for, again, most games, right? So easy. Yeah. So easy. Yeah. Just don't get kidnapped. Come on. Just don't get kidnapped. (laughs) Um,
0: Also, just a side note, I love the description of Bowser and the Koopas that I found on the Mario wiki. And the Koopas are the... uh, the race of turtles
1: yes, <laughs> that Bowser mean rules. mean
0: turtles. They're mean turtles. So the description was, a race of evil-driven anthropomorphic turtles. <laughs> you want to watch out for those turtles, man. Every time. Mm-hmm. Um, Zelda is definitely similar to Peach, and I believe from things I read, possibly even modeled after her, um, she's often seen as Zelda, the Zelda franchise's Princess Peach. Um, I would argue she's she's had more powerful showings, but uh, I definitely, especially in the early games, I can see I can see the comparison.
1: Well, I mean, again, a theme. When I think of people being, princesses being kidnapped, Zelda is definitely one of them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Every time, Link. Oh, Link. Um, so, the first appearance by Mario was in 1981's Donkey Kong arcade game, which... I was born then, but I do remember this game because it was still popular 10 years later. So in 1985, Super Mario Brothers, the side-scrolling game, debuted and the first game in which Mario was the main character. And this was the first time we were introduced to Princess Peach, Toastal, who, by the way, has also appeared in more video games than any other female characters. Good job. (laughs) Allegedly, she was based on olive oil from Popeye, which she was. Yeah, and see how I mean.
0: Once I read that, I could immediately see see it, and and I mean,
1: if you want to talk about a damsel in distress, oh, constantly, yeah, olive oil for sure, but just like appearance wise, appearance wise, yeah, no, I think it was I wouldn't more have put it together.
0: I, I mean, if you think about it, you've got your hero Popeye, you've got your big bad Bluto, Bruto. I don't Brun- remember Br- Bruto, Bruto, <laughs> and then olive oil, Princess Peach. I can see it. Uh, Okay, but back to Princess Peach. Recently in 2005, the roles of Mario and Peach were reversed in Nintendo DS's Super Princess Peach, which I've never played. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this game. Okay, so she has this magic parasol that can talk and the power of vibe, which is basically emotions, or as Feminist Frequency called them, her mood (laughs) swings. And she has like a mood meter for how upset she is at the bottom, I think. Um, So players controlled Peach as she rescued Mario and Luigi and some toads from Bowser uh, with her emotions. This game was developed by the so-called behind-the-scenes Japanese studio TOSE, or T-O-S-E. And a lot of, I read reviews of it, and most of the reviews were giving it like, like 50%. It wasn't that well reviewed and most people complained that it was notably easier. Mhm. And I definitely, I mean he, he can't not pick up on the fact that her weapons are like traditionally feminine things, right? She's got a parasol and a emotion meter and she, I think her emotions are like gloom, rage, <laughs> Joy, and love. She only has four.
1: Well, that's all you need, right? Oh, I'm always in gloom. I was going <laughs> to say just... the first two have been my mode of uh, emotions <laughs> during this whole quarantine, so we're good. Maybe we're Guess. not giving this game enough credit. <laughs> hmm. <laughs>
0: Uh, This was the second standalone game where Peach was the primary playable protagonist. The first was 1989's Princess Stolz's Castle Run, which was on this, like, sort of gaming watch that I had never heard of or seen. But it was like a, like if a, what are those called, Tamagotchi? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But it was like a watch and you just played games on it.
1: Yeah, the Tamagotchi, that's how you keep them alive. You have to keep them fed, but you have to do, like, tappy-tappy stuff. That explains everything. You're welcome. (laughs) She was supposed to be a playable character in the new Super Mario Brothers Wii, but the idea was scrapped after technical difficulties with her dress. And yeah, we discussed in a previous episode on women in video games about the big dust-up when a male developer said women are harder to animate, so that's why there weren't so many of them. Because dresses are so hard, y'all.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we're going to come back to this later, but... (sighs) The way they handled it is almost comically bad,
1: uh, the way they
0: handled this whole thing.
1: Wow. So in 2007, she made the list of Forbes' richest fictional characters, which is, congratulations, uh, with an estimated worth of $1.3 billion. All right, girl, go ahead. Well, she's got that money. She's got that fictional money, at least. That's why they keep kidnapping her. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's probably part of it. I mean, sure. she needs to fire her security staff and redo.
0: Oh, you're right. To she, be fair. That is a good point. Hmm. I'm just saying. She needs to learn from past mistakes. Now we're sounding like Solid Snake. Just don't get
1: kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> what have we become? I'm just saying, the billions <laughs> of dollars should help her security, Right. That's true. That's true. She has options for sure. sure. Um,
0: But okay, before we get too judgmental here, let's look back at her history. But first, let's pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So let's go all the way back to Peach's first appearance in 1985. So she, if if you don't know, which I would be very shocked if you didn't, but let's make sure we're all on the same page. Her characterization is super feminine. She's got long blonde hair, uh, though due to limitations, uh, it often displayed as brown or red. Um, oh my gosh, they made such a big deal when she put it up in a ponytail the first time. Um, she's got a pink dress. Her appearance has not really changed that much over the years. Her demeanor is often described as like very sweet, gentle, polite, graceful, basically princessy because she throughout much of her history in the games has exemplified these traditional traits of princesses. She is sometimes referred to as the universal princess or perfect princess. And by the way, she does have a cat form, cat princess peach, Uh, And a wedding form, uh, which is in a wedding dress, which we're going to get into why that is in a minute. Um, And just to say, there is so much emphasis on her clothes and hair and crown and jewelry in researching this. Like the time she put on this thing or this thing or this thing. And for I Want to Compare, I went and read, because a lot of this like basic stuff to get in a good context, I got from like the Mario Wiki fandom page. And I went and read Mario's after I read hers hardly any description of like the time he maybe wore his hat a little differently or like right. nothing.
1: So, Because I wanted to make sure I wasn't reading too much into it. But right. no,
0: nah, they really did put a lot of
1: focus onto what she was wearing. That's really weird, especially since they can't draw her dress. So... I know. <laughs> All right then. Um, and some of her key moments throughout the games are, include uh, Super Mario Brothers 2 where she is the weakest and the slowest character also probably the worst of the three that I know to me. And it's Super Mario Brothers 3 when Toad plays a joke at the end of the English version by saying, quote, thank you, but our princess is in another castle. Ha, just kidding. That's exactly hilarious. how I heard this. Mm-hmm. This is in reference to the gameplay that had Mario fighting increasingly difficult bosses in a series of castles to rescue Peach only to find she's in another castle. Yep, like we talked about in the beginning. And
0: now it's commonly used as... Yeah, sort of saying you're barking up the wrong tree. If you hear somebody say that, that's usually what they mean. In Super Mario 64, Peach bakes Mario a cake and kisses him on the cheek. Uh, Cake comes up a lot in these games, I learned. Mostly in Peach's storylines, which I guess makes sense. Uh, Bowser attempts to marry Peach in Super Mario Odyssey, and Mario and Bowser fight over her, and she rejects them both. Um, in Super Mario Maker, she rewards Mario with a kiss uh, once, once she was turned into a bad girl. And another time, hypnotized to fall in love with Mario's evil alter ego, Wario. This turns her into a zombie, which is corrected with a hug from Mario. Uh, there's a lot of holding the kingdom ransom unless Peach agrees to marriage or brainwashing her to agree to marriage. Some possession in Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. A character named Booster, quote, falls in love with her and decides to force her to marry him, even though she is shouting in all caps, Mario, help me, help me, Mario, Mario, help me. So, uh. Not creepy at all. Yeah, yeah. I see, you know, like I said, I loved this game. I don't remember this. I remember the, like, there was a marriage. You had to stop, but. I don't remember that. <laughs> that seems pretty disturbing to me now, but I guess yeah. as a kid, I didn't pick up on that. You could play Peach in Super Mario Bros. 2, uh, like you said, uh, and the idea was so different from what people were used to that when folklorist Shannon R. Stewart asked young boys about playing Peach, many expressed confusion, saying something like, quote, she's the one you're trying to save. Like, they didn't get the gameplay without the fact that you're trying to save her. They didn't get that you would play her at all. Yeah, that's confusing. That is that is so telling. Mm-hmm. Um, the ending of the game, that game was redesigned so that it was just one big dream of Mario's. So that's how they tried to make it make sense.
1: Like, oh yeah, she actually never did do those things. She okay. was just dreaming. Uh, so she was unlockable for the first time in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, but in her... Special attack, she holds an opponent still while Toad attacks instead, so the little Toadstool guy. Um, mm-hmm. And in some iterations, especially in the sports games, she does have some really powerful moves and techniques. But in general, she exists to be, yes, the damsel in distress. And in some instances, she works against her captors. And in later games, she becomes more feisty and enthusiastic, such great words, and sometimes flirty. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Running joke or not, she is pretty much there to be kidnapped and rescued over and over and over again. Which comes to the point, how many times has this woman been kidnapped? Over 50 times at the very least uh, and kidnapped as a baby even. Sometimes for her beauty, sometimes for her kingdom, and sometimes to keep her from preventing some evil plot. Yeah, I uh did a lot of digging to try to get
0: like a number, definitive number. How many times has she been kidnapped? And I couldn't do it. So I just like did control find for the word kidnap. And it was 57, I think, on the page I was reading of just like her every appearance yeah. in game and what happened. But then I was reading too because I thought 57 sounds low. Really low. Um it's there are other words people use for essentially kidnapping. Right. So It's a lot. It is a lot. (laughs) Uh, Some argue, oh, and I love that I found this, that she's actually the most powerful character in the game. And that's one of the reasons she's kidnapped so much. Uh, Certainly, one of the reasons she is kidnapped is because she is more powerful than Mario will ever be. But then the question becomes how does she get kidnapped so much if she's the most powerful person? I'm going to say
1: it's just a hobby. She's just kind of bored. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. She's trying to spice things up. Maybe that's her uh, particular kink. Maybe she's kidnapping herself because she just wants to be away from the kingdom.
0: Oh, she doesn't like the responsibility. Mm -hmm.
1: This is how she escapes.
0: I like that interpretation. Just saying. Okay, she's playing all of them. All right. (laughs) All right. So I found an essay about this, and I, I think it was mostly in jest, but it's hard to tell, and I wanted to read some quotes from it. So... It's an equal mix of obligation and satisfaction. Bowser may have aims of extending his rule, but Peach is there to launch an assault as needed and desired. Mario may be fighting his way toward her, but he's just picking up the pieces left by Peach's warpath. In fact, he's just a small part of the equation, the battle-bred elation of it all. Peach loves the carnage, with the fact that she's protecting the kingdom as an added bonus. Bowser, in spite of being thwarted time after time, is in love with Peach, along with the destruction the warrior princess constantly wreaks. And Mario, willingly unaware of it all, and blissfully unaware that his adventures are just a means for him to prove his worth to Peach. Between her natural abilities and her royal upbringing, Peach has been receiving conflicting instructions since her adoption. One voice tells her to become a dutiful, benevolent monarch the other, an unbeatable champion that shows no mercy to dissidents. As a result, there are two peaches in one. One of them is the one we know and love, and the other is, again, the beast that hides within. There's a constant struggle within her to reconcile her two personas, and it's only because of her duty as a princess that the beast doesn't overtake the beauty. But every so often, every time Bowser steps in to wreak havoc or there's a new sport to take part in, (laughs) The beast is unleashed. Peach gets her chance to be the person she wants to be even if it is in a limited capacity. For moments at a time, she can escape the doldrums of monarchy and fulfill the potential, the primal force that's been a part of her since birth.
1: So you might have been onto something. I I feel like I'm right. That article seems to prove my point. I love it so
0: much. I'm just saying. Princess Peach is just so... Again, I haven't played a lot of these games, but in my kind of... Estimation of her kind of cutesy and girly. And I love reading about like her loving carnage.
1: <laughs> She's
0: <laughs> secretly rambling in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: Well, the other side, the beauty side. So the game frequently alludes to the romantic relationship between Mario and Peach. And throughout the series, they are called the cutest couple and described right. as having romantic entanglements. And by the way, Did you already hear did you use this for a reason? Because of the recent events in the Smith household. (laughs) What? Oh, okay, you you don't know. I knew you didn't know. I was gonna ask because just to put some other perspective, is there there was a whole thing with Jada Smith having an extra relationship at one point, and she calls it an entanglement, and that's been kind of the Twitter joke the past week. So when I saw romantic entanglements, I was like, oh my god. There it is. There's, maybe that's the origination of this. <laughs> that's where Data got it from. Oh, okay. Oh, it's Mario. Yeah. I
0: had heard something vaguely about that. I just <laughs> didn't know the finer details. <laughs> I, I actually got it from Star Wars, obviously. <laughs> well, Imperial entanglements.
1: I mean, it's, yeah. it's legit. It's an entanglement, a romantic entanglements.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I believe that was actually uh, used in the game to describe them, I think. Um, So it wasn't just me. Um, From James McManon at Games when it comes to this relationship, quote, should we really be encouraging the union of Mario and Peach anyway? Remember, this is a man with side gigs as a doctor, a carpenter, a pro cart driver, and an archaeologist. Unless we forget, he regularly competes at the Olympic Games. What chance of a healthy relationship? And for all the work Mario puts into saving Peach, he rarely sees anything of the reward. Maybe Peach is just a bit mean. Yeah, she'll give Mario a kiss on the nose. Sometimes she'll bake him a cake. But let us not forget that Princess Peach is the totalitarian ruler of the Mushroom Kingdom. Can she not put a knight in his way? Some other title. Can she not stretch to one evening on her at the kingdom's
1: nearest Pizza Express? I thought she did make him a knight. Oh, maybe. I feel like she uh, honors him at one of the games. She, well, she also
0: does that like classic princess thing where at the end she gives a reward. Right. Like, you, she, if you win for a long time, if you won Mario Kart, she's the one that would put the, give you the trophy, put the like medal around your neck. Um, I don't know. I just appreciate these strong feelings about this fictional relationship. I totally understand. I know. I know. I've been there. I am there. You are there. <laughs> When it comes to Bowser, I did want to touch on that really quickly, her relationship with Bowser, because Bowser is not only determined to make her love him, and I don't want to even get into the interspecies. Oh, yeah, I don't want to get into it. Um, He is extremely possessive, and sometimes um, he comes to her aid when another villain kidnaps her, so he also sees her as kind of this object and prize to be had. Strange. So, we did want to take apart some of these uh, tropes that we've been talking about that come up a lot in these games. But first, we're going to pause for one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So, we did want to talk about this whole idea of entitlement, the princess is not in your castle, um, that along with the damsel in distress trope, pretty much runs these games. Um, I was thinking about it, and they they started coming out in the 80s, uh, the heyday of the 80s. And I feel like during the 80s, we have a lot of pop culture examples of women being depicted as prizes to be won, as objects for male characters. Often, uh, these male characters were stand-ins for nerdy male writers to, to win um, through action. So, a lot of movies, and I, I mean, the 80s is by no means the only time. The, this still happens. It's been happening for forever. But I just feel like the 80s has so many good, popular examples of, here is this nerdy, lonely guy who honestly probably isn't very attractive um, conventionally. And he, through like determination and persistence and actions, he will eventually get the hot girl of the movie that was with like the popular dude. And so, just seeing that um, progression over and over and over again, and that the message that that sends, it's that same thing of like, don't take no for an answer. Right. Like, as women, we owe. Men who have like done all these things that probably, at least in a lot of these movies, we didn't ask them to do. Um, but because they did, they are owed, they are entitled. Right. Yeah. And I think if you look at these games, there is definitely an air of that. And I mean, even through some of the quotes we've read where it's talking about like, doesn't Peach owe Mario something? Right. Um and it's different, it's complicated because she is the princess and he's like saving the
1: kingdom as well as her. But there's definitely that like romantic layer. Um well, like we talk about in relationships in general, how it can't be just friendship. It obviously has to be right. romantic.
0: You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then if you look at why Bowser is is kidnapping her. It feels very much kind of like the whole idea of the trophy wife of I want, <laughs> like she's not a woman. Right. She's, she's just something to be had and like right. a, a pawn to make
1: Mario feel jealous. Uh, I guess you could say that about um, when we talk about monarchies in general that people would yeah. have marriages because of titles and right. because yeah. of unions and it's kind of that same level in this moment of like, this is not about love, this is not about Whatever, it's just, if you take it, it's yours. And then not only is this person yours, but whatever is underneath her or comes with her is also yours. So it's kind of that whole level as well. and such a weird concept even now. Yeah, I mean, it's just the, and that
0: is another complicated layer. And I do love that we're having such a serious conversation about a very cartoony video game. (laughs) But as we talked about it, it has had a huge impact in it. Like, kids start playing it and seeing these messages at a young age. Um, And it it is hard to separate out because she is a princess. And there is that whole aspect of, like, marriaging, marrying off and getting stuff with it. But that still, like, implies that, I guess we don't have really any examples of male princes. Like, I don't know if a male prince in this game would also be kidnapped all the time. Right. and that's that's part of the problem. We're going to talk about that more in a minute. Is that we don't see that version of it very much. We only see the princess getting kidnapped and the marriage proposal being forced along with that. And then it's confused even more by like this idea of love, which they use, but it just doesn't. It's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, and yeah, the challenging of like another man's masculinity, where she's just sort of a pawn in this battle between Mario and Bowser and both want to be with her and it doesn't matter what she wants. Right. Um, And then along with that, controlling
1: this mushroom kingdom that everyone wants to control. Right. It just, you know, I liked it better when she was Princess Toadstool and just kind of sat there. (laughs) JK. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's all I know. Actually, that's
0: all I know. So all of this that we're talking about was really picked apart and the article that I mentioned that sort of was the inspiration for this idea that I can no longer get to, and I'm so cheap I'm unwilling to pay one single dollar to read it, um, it's called Your Princess Is in Another Castle, and it's by Arthur Chu over at the Daily Beast if you want to check it out. Some of you might remember it. It, it. it made a pretty big, it made the internet rounds when it came out, because it came out right after that sorority shooting in California, and he oh, was yeah. talking about like misogyny and nerd culture and look at the damage mm-hmm. it's done. Um, so I did want to include this quote. Nerdy guys aren't guaranteed to get laid by the hot chicks as long as we work hard. There isn't a team of writers pulling for us to triumph by getting the girl. Um, yeah, and uh, well, you can see that in so many things. So much of our media is that right. exactly thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, oh, and, uh, and another thing so much of our media is. The damsel in distress. Okay. All right. This trope goes back at least 2,000 years. Um, and it, it was a particularly popular story during the Romantic and Gothic periods uh, much, much later. So it's been around for a while and it's been popular for a while. The damsel was often tied up provocatively, sometimes naked. Um, and the damsel is the entire reason for the rescuer to prove their bravery and chivalry. Just, it's all she exists for. If you look at what many people mistake as the first appearance of Princess Peach, Pauline, from 1981's Donkey Kong uh, that we talked about, she was also called Girl for a while, but later, uh, Pauline, she was portrayed as the beautiful girl in ads. She had like, her cheeks were flushed, she was crying, one of her bikini straps was slipping off her shoulder. Her speech bubble read, Help! She gets carried around by Donkey Kong like a piece of property as Mario, who was then called Jumpman, chases after them. So she was right out the gate. Even the thing some people mistake as her first appearance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Classic damsel in distress. Yeah.
1: When asked why Peach wasn't a playable character in the what was at that time new Super Mario Brothers Wii game, the designer said they went with Toad instead because he looked more like Mario and Luigi. Great. Uh, <laughs> so they went with a male character because he looked like all the other male characters. Yeah. Okay. And the interviewer, Tracy Johns, then asked if the actual reason is if there would be no plot otherwise, you know, mm-hmm. having no one kidnapped. And does Mario get a pass because it's Mario?
0: Yeah. Right. And yeah. I was thinking okay. about that too, because it is, like, it is this huge thing. And it has become a running joke that she always gets kidnapped. And, and it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, people expect her to get kidnapped, so she's going to get kidnapped. Uh, Some games are definitely playing with this trope, regendering the, the roles. Some are more successful than others. A developer recoded the original Donkey Kong so that Pauline was rescuing Mario as a gift for his daughter in 2013. He and his daughter received death threats from strangers for this, and it's not like he was selling it. He just made it for his daughter. right? And he was interviewed about it. And people sent them death threats. That's how protective some of these gamers are. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, and I know I've recommended this game before, but Braid? The game Braid plays with the damsel trope in a really, really unique and beautiful way. I want to talk about it so much, but I don't want to spoil it. Um, And it's pretty short. So if you're just looking for a quick, quick play, Braid. All right.
1: So the damsel in distress is not always bad. Here's a quote from Elise Noor over at Kotaku. In the end, I don't think there's anything wrong with having damsels in distress, as long as we also have dudes in distress. Saving a person from harm is not a bad trope in itself. It only becomes problematic and boring, honestly, when the damsel is always a woman and the hero is always a man. Rescue narratives are innately compelling, but they need to be gender equitable and exist in as many combinations as possible. Men rescuing men, women rescuing women, women rescuing men, and yes, men rescuing women. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I would also add, I think
0: this problem is compounded by it's clear that usually the damsel only exist to be the damsel like right. there's no character development they only exist to power the the male plotline right. and it's really clear like they're just kind of
1: empty vessels i mean that's exactly how i thought of them saying that i've only played the first and second and third mario brothers and then super mario kart there was no story to it. It was just continuing to an end point. And so mm-hmm. that's why I couldn't even remember her name other than that doesn't sound right. Oh, this is what <laughs> I know her name as. Like, that's exactly how I knew it. Right. It's the only reason she exists. Right. And to be fair, though, I do forget a lot of names. So I make up my own names. There's that. Mm-hmm. I think Yoshi's I the only one that I like and know really well because I always thought it was super cute. And I love that he can eat the fruit with his tongue. I don't, I don't know.
0: I, I feel that one of my skill sets is being your nerd translator. It's true. So, you do a I, very good I, I job. Got you. Thank you. Thank you. Speaking of, <laughs> as you know, I've been watching a lot of Star Wars lately. I've made a new observation, and it is that Luke Skywalker is the damsel in distress in those oh, movies. Oh, you're about to get some hate mail. It's true. He needs more at rescuing than Leia does. I counted by not like a little number, by a big number. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to put that in there. I think it is different because that's not the only reason he exists as a character, and there's no, like, prize, necessarily, aspect in saving him. It's just, like, friendship or love. Mm -hmm. Oh. Oh. Uh, But just want to point that out. I found it interesting that I've watched those movies probably hundreds of times, and I've never really been like, huh, wow, he needs rescuing a lot in this, like, (laughs) short span of time. (laughs) So maybe we perceive it differently, is what I was thinking, is what I was pondering in my brain. Mm -hmm. Because in our Princess Leia episode, we talked about how uh, Princess Leia sort of is the damsel in distress, but isn't. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I was like, well, Luke is in that same situation. Right. Anyway. uh, (laughs) And now here's my final, final note. I just wanted to add a little thing I found from dictionary.com about the peach emoji of the actual peach, because we have for some reason talked about emojis a lot on here. Mm-hmm. They are important. Um, so here's a quote Officially called the peach emoji, the butt emoji was first introduced in 2010 under Unicode 6.0 as its fuzzy, cleft appearance looks like a plump rear end. The peach emoji quickly came to stand for buttocks on social media and in text messages, especially especially a woman's and sexual context. In 2016, Apple released an updated version of the peach emoji that resembled the fruit more than the anatomy, but the change was met with such popular uproar that the company reverted to its original design. I love that. And also it became kind of a sign for resistance, the impeachment uh, emoji. There it is. There we go. I just wanted to include that. I I used it in Saver too, and I, I, I love it so
1: much. It's good. Also peaches, my dog. Yes, who I am
0: introducing in D&D tonight, by the are way. Are you? I based oh, a, yes. Yes, I based a character off of uh, Samantha's dog, Peaches, uh, for our Dungeons and Dragons campaign. And um, I I love it. What what this, what she's gonna this, she's going to do a- is show up in every place they are and ruin things for them That's but in so, the sweetest, yeah. nicest way. That's what I was
1: saying. <laughs> Please just set it up where she just comes around and you think she's just adorable, this little dog, but all the time. She just gets you in trouble. Always. Yes. Always. But she doesn't know it, and she tries to be cute, and she tries to be helpful, but she's going to get you killed. I love it. I'm I'm so so excited excited. to hear about this. Oh, it's going to be great because they're
0: not going to, they've just started, so they're not going to really know how much of a problem she is. (laughs) I think like the third time she pops up is when they're going to be like, no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're going to hate my dog before they meet my dog. (laughs) Yep. It's going to be great. Thank you for the inspiration.
0: (laughs) Um, if you listeners have any, any ideas you want to share, some possible inspiration about topics we can talk about, or if you have any thoughts about Peach or my Luke Skywalker idea <laughs> or DD, I will happily base a character, uh, taking character ideas and plot ideas all the time. You can email us. Our email is stuffmedia, momstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at Stefan Never Told You or on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. Thanks as always to. Our super producer Andrew Howard. Thanks. And thanks to you for listening. Stephon Never told you's a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.